0: Greetings everyone. I am so happy to be before you on today. I hope everyone is having a wonderful week. We praise God for all that he has done for us. And we are ready to just really ready to go. We're trying to get armed and ready for this battle, for this race, and that's exactly what we are doing. We've been talking about some great topics, how to get ourselves in line. But before I move any further, I want to thank the greatest pastors on this side of heaven. I want to give claps to them, send them my love. We thank you, Bishop and Lady, for your leadership. We thank you for the wisdom that you imparted unto us. And we will serve God because you serve God. And we will always, always be here for you, Bishop. Thank you guys so much. I'm keeping you guys in my prayers. But tonight we're talking about Temple Tantrums. It started with me actually trying to be healthier in my body. I got tired of pains and I got tired of um, just different things happening in my body and my body was reacting to it. So I told God at the end of last year that, Lord, I want to learn to be more disciplined in my body, disciplined in my decisions, my mind and everything. And so this is how God ended up giving me this topic because of the self-care that I really had a desire in my heart to do. And to be honest with you, the biggest part of it was the mind. It was hard to get my mind to say, do not eat any more sweets, Tion, or no more potato chips and stuff like that. Because I wanted to be healthy, that stuff didn't matter to anymore. And so then God just began to deal with me about just the decision and the reactions that we make to things that we have. And we have a lot of things coming at us from the outside, people, jobs, things that can really just trigger us. And then that's when God started dealing with me of how much of this that you suffer is from within. We know how to fight our battles and quote our scriptures to enemies that are trying to attack us. But how many times are many of us are really fighting because there are things from within that we need to fight against, that we need to turn over to God. And so we've already talked about um, our hindrances. We've already talked about the big little things in our life that we need to address. We talked about the fourth watch Praying for the things that we need from God and from all of the discipline that we need from him. And then we talked about being nearsighted and far-sighted. So this is in line with this, but this is in line with what we're talking about right now. We're talking about self-awareness, being aware of ourselves. And self-awareness means that it allows you to understand other people, how they perceive you your attitude, your responses to them. and Awareness allows you to become proactive rather than reactive. It helps you to accept your weaknesses. Um, Ten benefits from self-awareness. You have more empathy towards others. More empathy towards um, important benefits of self-awareness is because you understand yourself. You have a better way of understanding people. And so that way it opens that communication up because you're not just looking from a judgmental eye, but you are aware of your weaknesses and you can empathize with others more. You have better listening skills, improve critical thinking, and God knows we need that critical thinking. You improve your decision making. You have better leadership for the things that you govern. You have more self-control. You have increased creativity because your mind's not bogged down with everything else in life. Um, the ability to change habits and more likely not to be triggered. So, when you think about preparing for battle, your best chance at winning is strategy. Um, a lot of times when we're fighting our battles, we go in arm swinging, scriptures quoting arm swinging. But because we're not really in tune to what our weaknesses and strengths are, we get tired in this battle quick and our minds start to change. And then, not only that, we didn't take the time to study the enemy and we can do that because the Bible lets us know ahead of time what the enemy is planned to do in these last days. But we don't have a strategy. We just go in arms blazing and that's not a good strategy when you're trying to fight a battle. Now, this battle that we're talking about, God, I thank you. This battle that we're talking about is not an analogy. It's not like pretend. This is a real battle. The coronavirus was huge for us. I'm so sorry of all the people that lost their lives and their loved ones that have lost loved ones, but God has given us an opportunity during this pandemic to reinvent ourselves, to give us a break financially with the mortgages, extending the, the mortgage where you don't have to pay it with the power bill and with the stimulus checks. All of these things basically gave us a break from the things that kind of consumed our minds all the time so that we can actually take this moment and look within. There's no church service. There's nobody to impress. It's just you and God now. It's just you and your relationship with God and everything else, everything that was a minor thing, God removed it so that we can really get prepared for this next season in life. And that's hiring our weapons ready. That that means that we have a strategy, we have clarity, we understand who we are, how we tick, and we also know how to handle the enemy. So the main control that you really need to have is self-control, self-awareness. If you can master yourself, then you can win any battle that you put your mind to. You can accomplish anything that you want to accomplish. So I'm reminded of a story, I heard this story one day and I was so inspired by it, it's about a man that lived close to a mountain. He always wanted to know what it would be like to get to the top of the mountain and this mountain was the highest peak. Finally one day he decided to go on this journey but as he was arriving at the foot of the mountain, he met some travelers and so he asked the travelers, hey, how was your experience? And they told him their experience and their views. And so as he continued to walk, um, he ran maybe into about 20 or 30 more travelers and got their opinions and their views. And so after that, he told himself, well, since I have talked to everybody and got their views, there's no need for me to go on that path now. I'm just gonna be satisfied with where I am at. Don't we find that we do that often. We, We allow the crowd, to dull our conviction, to dull our senses. Not trying is the birth of regret. When you don't try, you are birthing regret. He robbed himself of the opportunity to go on the journey. Each individual can find the most suitable way to climb this mountain, and it's possible to share your words, and it's possible to share your experience. you can't share experience and clarity when you are standing at the peak by yourself. When you finally reach that peak, that understanding is going to mean something different to you. That clarity is going to mean something different to you. So we can't allow other people's opinions and their journeys. Mind you, he asked them. They didn't ask, they didn't ask him. He asked them. And I feel that if he had more clarity within himself and more self-control, he would have not cared about what they were saying. He was still one of that mountain. But you have to trust yourself to experience things on your own. You are a unique individual. Your experience could have been life changing for you. Everybody experiences something different. But do not allow doing nothing, birth regret, and then you live regret for the rest of your life. Clarity means that you see more clearly and when you see more clearly then your relationships are more steadier and there's no need to chase after anything when you know who you are. This this word that God gave me meant so much to me because for most of my life I have been fighting outer things. But it's because of the lack of control that I have of inner things is because of what I am believing that my strategy when fighting battles did not end well. And so for God to give clarity, when God shows you things after you ask him for something, it really knocks the wind out of you. But then you start to see, wow, why didn't I see this before? Why was I not more aware of myself? God knows I know my weaknesses. So it's like, why didn't I use that as a strategy? But thank God for showing it to me when he did. So when we are trying to climb the mountain and go on these journeys, there are five different distractions that you're gonna run into. Um, The first one is sensual desires. Um, This arises in a moment when you're paying attention to something that's giving you a positive reaction, a positive emotion. Um, it It can originate from hearing seeing, smelling, touching, feeling. So in your mind, you climb that mountain and you discover while walking that these are beautiful people, great food, great music. Then that temptation becomes strong and the desire turns into obsession and you stay and get clarity. So basically, you're stopping at the first stop and this can prolong you from moving further in your journey, okay? The second one is ill will or aversion. That's a state of mind of negative emotions. Guys, this is real. This is stuff that we respond to that we don't pay attention to. That's our biggest battles. Okay. Negative emotions. You have like, it could be rejection, dislike of a situation or a person. Uh, It means you climb the mountain and it starts to rain and you don't like the rain. You discover that the roads are bumpy. You don't like bumpy roads. It won't make it a pleasant journey unless you learn to let go. But likely people won't continue their journey. They stay right here because something offended me. I didn't like it. It bothered me. So here I am now. I ain't going nowhere because I feel that I am justified to stay right here. And a lot of people now are still right there. They're still right there. Uh, the third distractions dullness or heaviness dullness or heaviness there's no more motivation you lack energy you're in a state of depression or imprisonment hard to make any mental or physical effort and sometimes this happens because we do go 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 and we just get tired sometimes we just I just don't have any effort I've tried all of these things I'm not seeing the results that I want So, and sometimes there's no reason. We just become very heavy. We become very unhappy. Uh, This is something that can distract you and something that could basically detour your journey for a while as well. Then we have restlessness. Restlessness. I have dealt with all of these. Restlessness is an unsettled mind. You can settle in the present moment worrying about the future or something in your past. So you're like, you have like a monkey mind. You're jumping, constantly jumping from one tree branch to the other. And you're unable to stay for too long in the present moment. And there is no time to see clearly because you're constantly jumping from one branch to the other because you're restless and you have an unsettled mind. And then the last one is skeptical doubt. That's based on indecisiveness. Uh, Can I do this? what will others say? Is it the right path that this causes you to get disconnected and you get all frustrated because I don't know if I'm doing the right thing? And all five of these things can cause us to stop on our journey. It can cause when it starts to rain, it can cause us to really react in a different way to bring on more problems. But in seeing all of that, We have to align and structure our life in such a way that we can prevent these challenges, not from arising, but we can prevent the reaction to it. Trials and tribulations are going to come, but how we react to it will give you a totally different experience. Just want to remind you, remember one thing. In all of these cases, just let it rain. Just let it rain because what we can't change is people, situations. We can't control certain things in our life, but we can control ourselves. We can control our state of mind. We can control the way we respond by just being aware of ourselves, aware of our weaknesses. We all have weaknesses, we all have strengths, but we need to learn how to use them as a strategy to win these battles, okay? So we gotta learn to master ourselves. And I just believe I like can. 2 Timothy, if you guys can turn with me, 2 Timothy verse three, one through three, 2 Timothy three, one to five, I'm sorry guys. And it says, this know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. They shall covet, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontent, fierce, despisers of those that do good, traitors, heavy or heady, high-minded lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such, turn away. Now this is, This scripture is one of the scriptures that let us know this is what we have to look forward to. We actually are experiencing these things now where we have a lot of people that are for themselves. They lack self-control. It's Everything is about the outward appearance, how we look, how we fit in, how we measure ourselves. This is what we've got to deal with in this day and time. And we have to be in our best shape. My husband and I was in short pump, and we had passed this place—the coming soon marijuana store. These marijuana stores is gonna pop up everywhere, so we gotta focus on our children, focus on ourselves, focus on anything that the enemy would use this to try to trap us. And the enemy wants us to focus on the present, not the promise. He wants us to focus on the present and not the promise, and that is something that we. We have to, we can't use these excuses anymore. We have to get our strategy together because there will be more things that can push you to the wayside if you don't have that self-awareness and self-control. But in 1 Peter 5, 6-10, God talks about how we have to humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that that he may exalt you in due time, casting all of your cares upon him, for he cares for you. This is what God wants us to do. Cast these cares on him. We must be sober, be vigilant, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil has a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He really is. Whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same affliction are accomplished in your brothering that are in the world. So not only you are being tested, but your brethren are too. And what we need to realize is in this battle, we're not just battling for ourselves. We are doing this self-awareness, self-control, getting ourselves, giving our minds right, our hearts right, because we will be in battle with our brothers and sisters. And therefore we have to be focused, your family, your children, people that you love, people that are your friends, all of these things, the enemy is going to try to destroy them as well. That's why we have to no longer be, you know, licking our wounds and I feel justified to stay here. No, God has called us to be sober and vigilant. And that's what we have to do in this battle. We're getting ourselves together for the bigger battle with our brothers and sisters. Verse 10 says, but the God of all grace who have called us into the eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after they have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen and settle you. That's God's promise. That's why we can have clarity. That's why we allow it to reign in our lives, because he will establish, strengthen and settle you. You must be so reminded. You must be aware of God and his promises, God and the things that he asks to do. We have to worship God, not only in a church setting, but worship God in our minds, our hearts, our giving, the way we act, what we do. All of that is a part of worship. And when we have these temple tantrums and you're wondering, why am I constantly in this cycle? It's because we we, we see the outside, but we're not fixing the inside okay uh, the, def- the definition of self-control is is basically it's one of the fruits of the spirit in the Bible and it's something that God asked of us if we let our desires lead our decisions our lives and our bodies can quickly spin out of control if we let our desires lead our decisions our lives and bodies can quickly spin out of control Self-control is the discipline that God grows in us while we continually choose to die to our flesh and live in him. Meaning that there's always work to be done. We have to continue to die in our flesh and live for him. Becoming like meditating tonight and said, I'm having self-control. That's the first step. But self-control is a battle and it's something that we can do on a daily basis. By reading and knowing the word of God, not just reading and knowing, but believing the word of God. And next week, that's what I'll be talking about, how the mind and the heart sinks. And if they're not synced, then this is why we are having so many issues trying to get to where we should be. But I'll talk about that next week. Don't major in minor things. There is enough noise out there already without us making additional contributions. When we spend our time and energy majoring in minor things, it becomes increasingly difficult to find clarity and maintain focus. I have experienced that. I know a lot of you have experienced that. Well, we are trying to major in minor things that don't even matter. Quiet the noise by determining what really matters to you. Does it matter that you're right and they're wrong? Is it that you want everybody to see that you're right and they're wrong? Or is it that I need you to see that I'm wise and I know what I'm doing, That's if that's important to you, then we got to go a little bit further back and start working more. But you got to ask yourself, what is really important to me? Is it people of God? Is it status of God? Is it having self-control, having peace of mind, having clarity, having a strategy? Or is it just living off of emotions every single day again I told you the enemy wants us to focus on our present and not the promise so you have to ask yourself what areas do I really have under control what really are my weaknesses weaknesses is not something that you should be ashamed of it's not something you should hide weaknesses can be used if you have a strategy you can know how to play your strengths over your weaknesses And you can learn how to strengthen your weaknesses by just the awareness of it and making steps to change it, okay? Um, There is an example of a Bible character or David. I love the story of David and Goliath. This reminds me of the self-control that I feel that he had. Um, David, as he prepared for battle with Goliath, people around him, including the king, attempted to put the still, I guess, armor on David, his traditional armor, the most most of the soldiers wore but they saw David in their minds needing steel against the mighty giant by donning a heavy coat of armor on him and after putting the armor on and testing it briefly David announced I cannot wear this for I have not proven it and I feel like in other words he was saying this isn't who I am and often it seems that people want to strengthen their weaknesses in an effort to turn them into strength to become more well rounded or to just not be sad or something. Sometimes we try to hide our weaknesses altogether, hoping that no one would find out where our shortcomings are. We don't want our boss, friends, or even our family to know the things that we aren't good at. And we want to keep those things to ourselves. Other times we focus on our weaknesses so much. That we decide to maybe, maybe we just aren't good enough because you're focusing on your weaknesses. But our strengths do not exist as strengths based on solely on how they compare to others. The same can be said for our weaknesses. There are ours to own. Ours to own. The sooner we acknowledge that, the more power we will have over both. David had the courage to understand and live into his strengths absent of how they measured up to Goliath. David owned his strengths, and in doing so, in my belief, he was able to fully live into the gifts that God had blessed him with, regardless of who or what was standing across from him with an awareness of who he was not and an emphasis on who he was. With that understanding of his weaknesses and a complete confidence in both strengths and the provider of his strengths, David was built for this moment. He was aware of his weaknesses, his strengths, and the provider of his strengths. And David was built for that moment because of the lions and bears that he that he wrestled off with the sheep. I mean, all of that came into play when now we're standing before this giant with no fear in his heart, with five stones, and he defeated his giant. So how about you? Will you defeat your, your giant? This is not about you slaying giants, winning the big one or seeing your name in lights. This is about the simple but powerful act of refusing to be consumed and defined by your weaknesses and instead investing heavily into your strengths, living into those things you've been blessed with, realizing what you've been built for and not running from it. Don't teach yourself, guys. Honor the gift. I'm pulling for you. I hope this word has encouraged you. I hope that we start to take that look on and on the inside, embrace our weaknesses and our strengths and know that when we give that over to God, we can become more strategic. We can have more clarity and we can be ready, really armed and ready for this war, all right? You guys pray my strength and the Lord. I love you guys so much. I'm praying for you, I'm pulling for you. Pray for me, pull for me, because as I present these things before you, either I have just gotten out of it or I'm going through it. I don't teach them stuff that I haven't experienced myself. I know what it's like to be in a prison. I know what it's like to not be free. And now that I am free, I'm never going back. It is the most powerful thing to have. And now that I'm aware, that I need to become more aware about myself. That's exactly what I'm going to focus on going forward. Okay? You guys pray my strength and Lord. I love you all. Have a wonderful Wednesday. Good night.